Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we're we're finishing up our latest dragon book, To Shape a Dragon's Breath. Uh, so we'll we'll cover the the end of that one. Um, first, but, uh, first we're getting warmed it's up. It's a little Luke. intense, so we got to get warmed up. Yeah. First, we're getting warmed up. I have a question for you, Luke. Okay. Imagine, imagine you're at a bar. It's a Tuesday. And so you know what's happening at that bar on a Tuesday. It's trivia night. Of course. Okay. Classic. Put yourself in the zone. Um, you, let's say, let's say you just went on your own. Let's say you just wanted to get out of the house, go get a drink. You mm. realize it's trivia night and you want to participate. Okay. What okay. do you I love the I love the hypothetical nature of this. Uh, there's two options. There's two options in my mind for how you participate and I don't know which one is more socially acceptable. Option 1. You do trivia solo. You just like run <laughs> trivia by yourself. You get a little answer key. You just sit there quietly filling out your answers like it's a pop quiz in class. <laughs> option B you find a group that is doing trivia and say hey hey can i get in on that can i get a hand on that ball i'm really good at these these are my <laughs> skills you give them a little resume you give them a little cv that's like oh here's sure. my skills yeah. can i join your team can i can i ball mm. actually okay can can i so you're asking me this yes i so i personally am not one to to go interrupt and join a team okay now that's that's speaking to to me individually okay so luke's but doing the solo question, trivia if the question is more about like what's socially acceptable mm-hmm. and i'll say this i don't think there's anything wrong with doing trivia by yourself i i th- i have considered it many times i think i think okay I've never seen anyone doing trivia by themselves before. <laughs> yes, I think. Okay, here's the thing. Because in this scenario, I have I have gone to the bar. I'm like, I want I want to have a drink by myself, whatever for for whatever reason. I feel like doing trivia is a continuation of that mm-hmm. theme. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like doing trivia alone in that scenario is perfectly natural and normal. Mm. Now, if you are someone who's like, I see the trivia is going on. Now I want, that's fun for me. Now I want to be part of a team. I, I think it's very tough to join a team. Okay. Randomly. And I think it's very dependent on that team and the way that you conduct yourself in this scenario okay the question now is how do we join the team what's the best way to join a team okay because because let's let's start off with general vibes Mm -hmm. because you have to go in balancing between being too quiet because if you're like too quiet and it's like why did you even do this And, and then it's awkward but you also can't be too loud because then it's like you're taking over our trivia night man and i don't know you mm-hmm Mm-hmm. This is so. A, I think you have to be you have to be very conscious of the group dynamic and make sure that you're like, because I, I feel like you have to make sure that you're facilitating these other people's night now. 
Ooh, Do you know what I mean by this? This is a fair point. Yeah, you are a guest in their home, and you need to treat it as such. Right. I think there's another dynamic. Okay, here, we, we've we yet to answer the question of, like, how do we actually infiltrate this group? But I think this is an important, this is an important social uh, lesson here. Because there's another component to this, which is, I don't know how often you've done trivia. I've done trivia quite a bit. And there is a moment okay. that happens where you are pretty confident about the answer to a question and someone else is loud about how confident they are to answering a question and there is a little negotiation that has to happen that's like hey how confident do you really think you are because like i'm super sure that i am right and that's different it's different from what you're saying it's different um and the dynamic when you're in a group of strangers very different Right, right. And I think when you're in a group of strangers, you've got to be 100% that you know the answer before you question anyone. Um, yes. I think yes. it's acceptable to still say it, to be like, hey, I think it might be this, and then let it lie and see what they do with it. But right. you can't be, you can't be coming out here like, you guys are dumb. It is obviously barium. <laughs> the answer is barium, guys. Come on. Four protons, barium. <laughs> Um, yes, uh, this is, this is very true. Um, <laughs> but w- we need to get in this group though. We have, we've yet to figure out how to infiltrate the group to where we're in this position. Um, right. Because there's also, Actually, okay, what, do, what do you think about going, like, what do you think about announcing that you need a group to join? Oh, that is a bold strategy that, mm, see, but then it's like, here, Here's the thing, Luke. When I play trivia, I always secretly want to win. And if I am announcing... You're very, you're very competitive in this scenario. If I am announcing that I am looking for a team, it makes it seem like I don't have anything to offer. It makes it seem like, hey, I, I didn't get picked. You know, I was last picked. So would anyone just let me hop in? When like... This is true. This I, is true. Yeah. I am bringing so much to a trivia team. <laughs> I... I'm fine tooting my own horn here. Sure, you ask me a sports question, I'm going to say, I'm going to have nothing to say. I'm going to have literally nothing to say. But you ask a lot of other questions. And I totally, I know what's going on. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm an asset. (laughs) Okay, so so for for Dan, the announcement is not an option, I don't think. Um, Okay, so I, to to get down to, to the brass tacks here, You've got to you've got to scout first, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and figure out which team is is the one that you want to join. Ooh. And then, is there even like I is there even a strategy? Yes. To, to yes. Do? I feel like you. Okay, there you think there. I is. I think there's a strategy. Okay, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got to find a group of people that is big enough. You're not going to join a group of like two people at trivia you're not gonna join a a date no you're not joining a (laughs) trivia date um it's got to be big enough and they have to be like (laughs) they have to be not that into the trivia like Mm. they can't be super focused on the trivia they've got to be drinking and chatting you've got to have some drinking and chatting going on okay sure this is the general vibe but then luke you can't join the team that seems like they're gonna win 
Right. Because yeah. they're not going to want to share. If you go to this bar every Tuesday and this team wins every week, you can't hop in and be like, hey, can I get okay, but, can I get in on this? But this is this this is the same rule that like I think this is essentially the same rule as the last one of you need a team that's not super into it. Some people are super into it and lose a lot. Luke. Okay, sure. <laughs> um so you can't be joining our our championship team. Okay. Right. You've got to be looking for a team that is competitive but casual. It's tough. This is a thin, this is a needle. This is a needle you got to thread. It is a, it is a needle and I think the the thing is that I think that you have to already have a decent amount of trivia experience which if it's you in this scenario, that's that's good. Oh yeah. Um, oh, you give me that I, song round. I have you give me on that song like round. T- oh come on. I've been to like two trivia nights, and I don't have a ton of experience, so I don't know if I could scout teams out very well. I think I would be going more for how their personal dynamics seem. Luke and you might be in the best situation actually to win. Again, I'm thinking about winning here. Luke shows up always. to trivia. And goes to the dude who's doing the trivia announcement is like, hey, I've never done trivia before. It looks fun. Like, can can you find me a good team to be on? They make an announcement mm-hmm. that's like, hey, this kid's new to trivia. Who wants him? That team that wins every week is taking you for sure. They want to show you a good time because they oh, love okay. trivia. Well, you've brought you've brought a new a new dynamic in here, which is to ask the the announcer mm-hmm. person. Which, which I do think is a good move. Um, yeah, I, I think that's maybe what I do, actually. I, I like, I walk up. Here we go. Mm-hmm. I, I have ordered a, a drink at the bar. I make a big show of walking up and be like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> what is, what's, what's all this? What are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, this is delightful. Whoa, speakers, music. Oh, trip. Tri- you're saying trivia it's, it's I've never trivia heard that word it's before. trivia <laughs> oh it's trivia huh <laughs> and then and then and then yeah maybe someone's like i want to show this guy a good time come on over i think you'd have honestly i think every team would be like get in here everybody playing trivia right. would be like get over here bud we're gonna we're gonna show you trivia <laughs> That's right. That's right. Maybe I maybe I sneak in somehow when I'm asking what trivia is that I'm really knowledgeable about like certain topics. I don't know how I don't know how to do that, but <laughs> I think you could. I think you could throw it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. That's a good it's a good question. Good scenario. I I like the I like the hypothetical scenarios. Maybe we should bring more of these in so that we can just we can just work on our social skills okay is is this a new segment that we've created this this is the new segment that's a that's a new category of warm-ups that will that will start entertaining cool glad i could introduce us to a new segment (laughs) listeners send in send in your suggestions for weird social situations that we want to navigate um (laughs) it's like the opposite of luke when luke is like how do i get out of these social situations (laughs) <laughs> how do i not rock climb with people meanwhile i'm over here like how do i get involved in trivia <laughs> that's right that's right uh it'll be it'll be a, a growing experience for both of us mm. um but okay let's let's talk buck uh so yeah we finished to shape a dragon's breath 
Um, and big, big finish here that, that we'll put off for a minute, I guess. Uh huh. Um, but so we, so we get to go back, go back home. Moscow Pog. Yep. Go back, check out Moscow Pog. Finally get to meet her dad. Had we met him? Yes. Already? We had met remember. him at school. Okay. Um, speak. Okay. I want to talk about when they get to, when they're going to Moscow Pog real quick. This okay. is, this is a little small note here. They take a ferry, uh, by they, Theod and, um, Anakus. Theod and Anakus take a ferry to Moscow Pog mm-hmm. and they bring their dragons and everyone is hype. There's like a celebration at the dock when they get there. Everybody's stoked about it. Everybody except one person, the ferryman who was piloting this boat is visibly annoyed by all of this. And I just want to say, what a loser. What an absolute <laughs> loser of a ferryman. They like you are transporting two dragons to an island that they haven't had dragons on in like hundreds of years and you're like right. poo-pooing their celebration. Right. The so okay, and to be yeah, to be clear, this is the this is the one that's on the way to, not the also jerk guy on the way back. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. This actually is is funny. Um because there's an so obviously this this whole book is largely about like the the like racism and and everything else in this scenario. Yeah. There's an element here of like just how big of like a loser you are <laughs> as a like super uh like racist person especially in this case right where it's like i don't know like it's a great it's a great day like everybody's going home we've got some dragons dragons are awesome everybody's hyped about it this guy's either this guy's either having the worst day before this Mm. or just like sucks generally yeah i think this is i think this is showing how lousy the English people can be just in general how they just don't they just don't know how to have fun in any way <laughs> uh i okay yes because the ferryman I, I is think, english right i assume so okay i, I mean i honestly well. don't remember the specific ferryman but i i would assume so yeah um <laughs> I think you made a point about this earlier of like how how normalized or, or like used to dragons do you have to be to like not be hyped about this. Right. But like I have to think that a ferryman going back and forth between the mainland and Mascopog, if if that's where he's mm-hmm. actually going in this mm-hmm. case, is not like super used to dragons. So it's like, come on, man! <laughs> you can be happy about this, dude. You can, you can kind of just enjoy it. Yeah. And yeah. Instead, he's like, oh, causing a racket, slowing down my ferry line, big old dragons on board, making all dragon sounds. Yeah, revel in it. Wait, how could you? What could you be mad about? <laughs> Literally, like, loud. It's loud, Luke. I don't like loud. I'm hungover. 
He's yeah, hung over from yeah, okay. Cuz like yeah, any situation even if like even if at the time it's not great for you, I get to go home and be like, "Hey, uh whoever I'm going home to, crazy day. I got to see some dragons." Let me, let me tell, tell you, you that. let me tell you the most Now I have a story. Let me tell you the most interesting thing that has happened to me in decades. Like right. Literal decades. I'm I'm bouncing on my way home to go tell my partner. Like you're not going to believe this shit was awesome. I don't normally have stories from work. Today, here we go. Not only were there dragons, there was a huge parade. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Everybody was hyped, except for me. Apparently. But, but I'm leaving that part out of the story because it makes me sound bad. <laughs> I was a little, I was a little grumpy, but looking back on it, it was fun. Um, that's that should be that should be our ferryman's takeaway. <laughs> um, okay, that that was small, but I'm, but I'm glad we went off on it. Good, mm-hmm. good stuff. Um, I, I brought up her dad just because, like. I'm having a hard time forming an opinion of her dad. Ooh. Because, like, my instinct, for some reason, is that I don't like him very much. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's just because of, like, the way that he's treating... Uh, I forget how her brother's name is pronounced. Nikwiat or something. Nikwiat, yeah. Um... And so, like, I initially had a very negative impression of of her dad, but then, like, everything else he does is, like, I don't know, pretty nice. Where, where, do you have an opinion on her dad? Yeah, I, I like all of the, I like all of the people from Muskipog, Musquapog. Okay. I, I think they are all way more interesting and good than most of the Anguish people. Uh, and I, I do think this conflict between Nikwiat and, uh, Apano, oh, what is his name? Aponaque or something? Aponaque, right, because it's Aponaque's daughter is her, like, last name, yeah. Um, I think this conflict is not good, and obviously I don't love that dad's not on board with his son's dreams, uh, but everything else dad does is kind of good to me like right he seems to be portraying masculinity in a pretty good way a lot of the time where he is like wanting to stand up for his daughter and make sure that somebody is advocating for her in the way that he can in this society but also being like hey daughter you are able to make choices too and i will listen and respect your choices and if you tell me you don't want me here i will leave and then he does so seems very good to me i do like a lot of those interactions yeah okay yes i uh, this helps because i like that's where i wanted to like i feel like i should be and I, i i think just i don't know for some reason i was like a little put off with how he was treating his son but generally maybe it's because that was the like only negative interaction among um her family or the people from either Moscopog or um i forget the name of the other island but 
maybe, maybe the, I, I'm sorry to think that that's maybe just it. Like everything else is, is great. And I was hung up on this one kind of small interaction. Yeah, I mean, there is still the underlying thread among the older generation on Mosquapog of not fear of the outside, but like a rejection of anything external. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that comes out, I think, in this conflict between like people leaving and this concern that everybody's going to leave and everything's like Mosquapog is not going to be the same anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And Which I think is a justified fear. Also. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's real and they should be scared of it. But I think that they're perhaps letting that fear overcome some important things sometimes. Like, I don't know, your relationship with your son. Right. Right. Otherwise, though, we like dad. We think dad's we doing do a like, great job. We do like dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Helps out. Helps Theo meet his fam. Very good. Very good. Touching moment. Yes. Yes. Do you have anything else for on the island? Mm, aside from the fact that it sounds lovely and I'm glad that we that we got to go? No. <laughs> Take it does, me back. It does sound lovely. I do like... I One thing that I actually didn't have a note on, but I, I just want to say... Um, <clears throat> everyone very forward with their romantic interest. i kind of impressed. Everyone's right. always just like, hey, he's looking good. I'm going to go ask him out. Let's do it. Good for you guys. It's impressive. They're, they're all very um, confident. How is everyone so confident? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's, let's go back to the mainland. Um, <clears throat> so there is a holiday that we, that we go through here called Jewel. Mm-hmm. which I am comparing to Christmas, I guess. Um, and everybody gets each other's gifts. And and Anakus gets Liberty a uh, sewing machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and she basically gets it from her brother and his group, or the, the what's that what's that show where you can go bid on storage wars storage wars <laughs> yeah <laughs> they've come out they've come out uh and had a successful haul from their from their stint on storage wars and they have an old uh an old machine that she fixes up and gives to liberty um and the amount of money that liberty yeah. makes from this is incredible yeah yeah (laughs) it seems it seems wild that it's this much money right i mean maybe we're diving too far into the details here but so she for one thing makes um makes anakus a dress and it's like super nice and then she comes up and talks to her and is like, yeah, I I can't use this for a lot of the day because I, I think it's loud, um, but I can squeeze in like 30 minutes in the middle of the day. And I've already made uh, 40 or something. Yeah. Marka, I think is their denomination. Mm-hmm. Which like, I think Annika's out here spending like 
five marka per week? She gets an allowance of 15 to 20 per month or per week. Yeah, per week. That's a that's that's pretty good money for thirty minutes a day. And did you Man. catch did you catch how much her like servitude is going to be shortened? Like, so so her servitude like the cost I think is like a thousand or something. Yeah, is that right. Yeah, and she's like, I'll be done in a year with this. Yeah. What? Yeah. Pretty what? good. She's really good at gloves. Um, I guess, but also it also makes me think. If this is what 30 minutes a day is earning her, is there not something else we could have been doing to make to make money? It feels like this is too easy. It feels like this is a cheat code and there had to be something else you could do to make like half of this before. Right. Yeah, you mean like, because the sewing machine is essentially making sewing faster. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean... Maybe she was just like, I don't want to be in the rise and grind mindset. Okay. Okay. Trying to enjoy her life a little bit rather than constantly hustling. Right. Like, I don't want to hustle through my my teens and early 20s. I want to enjoy them. Mm. As, a, as an indebted servant to this. Correct. Correct. Yes. Educational institution. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She wants to, she, you know what? She's going to get her Starbucks and it's worth it. She's getting an iPhone and her Starbucks because she likes it. Okay, fair enough. Um, chase your bliss. Chase your bliss. Anyway, anyway ma- ma- main point maybe is that uh, there's a market here. <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> this being underserved? Can you imagine if she just spent weekends doing this too, how much more quickly she'd be done? <laughs> Instead of 30 minutes, I'm going to spend three hours on a weekend afternoon and I'm out of here in a month. I mean, the thing, okay, the thing is. As someone who has is like read these types of stories and has grown cynical in these contexts, um, it didn't happen in this book. But someone is going to learn that she's doing this and break her sewing machine. Of course, yeah, yeah. Because we even she even mentions earlier that it's like considered. I don't know if rude is the right word, but like not good to find ways to pay off your your contract early, early. which yeah. like which like i <laughs> it's horrible right it's, it's horrible yes it's ridiculous yes. uh yeah um great gift though yeah pretty good great gift pretty good, pretty good. yeah okay pretty good i mean okay <laughs> if i knew how much do these cost how how much do they cost because I've making my money back pretty quick, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the school should have probably bought these for their seamstresses already if they're this effective. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Good find, I guess. Good find. <laughs> Good find. Great find. Storage wars. All, every, go on it all of the time. Everybody. Um, what are our thoughts on Marta after this section? Um, I feel like Marta is like fine. Hmm. I I guess I, I think Marta is just incredibly clueless, and I kind of I kind of just think she's an idiot. I don't think she's very smart. Um, 
And the thing that stands out to me, I'm pretty sure what happened was that made me think this. I'm pretty sure what happened that made me think this was Anakus and Theod get back from Mosquapog because they got a threatening letter that was like, we're going to kill you and your whole family. And they were like, okay, we got to right. go. And Marta's like, hey, what happened? And they tell her and Marta's like, oh, you should have just come with me to my family's house for Jewel. Uh, that's not the issue here, Marta. I get that you're trying right. to be nice, but you're missing the whole point here. Like, right. This is not on them for choosing the wrong thing to do with their jewel celebration. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So you're 100% right on this for sure. For sure. I think that, like, my opinion on Marta is. How do I want to say this? Like, she. The, okay. So there's several people in this story that are like somewhere between like the super awful people and like actively doing the correct thing. Mm -hmm. And like, I, and I think it's often kind of in the same way, which is like, they're friendly with, uh, with Anakus and like want the best for her. It's just that they think that the best for her is to like essentially become English. Yes. Right? Yes. And so I think that there's there's like a decent amount of people in that category, Marta being one of them. I give Marta a little bit more of a pass because she is like a, I don't know how old she is, but like teenage spoiled girl in like the upper the upper class of this society. Yeah. And yeah. like I I just I'm just maybe like holding the bar a very low for her. Like The bar is like two inches off the ground. And you're like, just step over it, Marta. <laughs> just like step, just take a little step. <laughs> I guess that is fair. And she she is kind to Anakus in her own way. But it's frustrating that she's... Anakus presents her with all the information. That's like, hey, this shit kind of sucks and I don't like it. And Marta's like, what do you mean? You don't like being civilized? And it's like, you... Are so rude, Marta. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is very interesting that that doesn't, she doesn't realize that that's rude, considering how much, like, anti-rude training she goes through. Yeah. There's just a, there's just a, a, a blind spot there. Well, I think I it's, it's sort of intentional, Luke. As we talked about in your right. first episode, these like social etiquette training is is a very particular kind of training. Right. Right. <sighs> um yeah. It's it's very funny because like she's she's nice in a very specific way. Like she's always like, Yeah, I'll get you come to the bar, I'll I'll have this dress made for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a nice dress and everything, but it's just like not not quite right. It's just you're you're missing a very key like awareness that is making this gift that is otherwise very nice just like i don't know completely completely wrong <laughs> right is this like white savior kind of are we is marta blindsiding anakus 
For sure. She's like, hey, I'll save you. I'll give you all these nice things so you could be like me. Right. Yes. Very much so. Very much so. Love that. (laughs) Glad. I'm glad that's happening. Yeah. I mean, I think the only two English people that come across fairly well in this are... um, What's... What is his name? Sander. Sander. Yep. Sander and to some degree Sander's sister. Yes, I will also say the natural philosophy professor. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like F- Frau, what is it, Kuiper? I, so I put Frau Kuiper. Th- she's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Because like she is in the category that... Uh, that Marta's I, in? Why do I keep... She is in the category that Marta is in. I think it's very different, though. I think Frau Kuiper is a much more nuanced character. And here's why. Marta is like a kind of an idiot about it. Sure. Frau Kuiper, I think, acutely understands the political situation. I think think she is coming at this from a perspective of like, (laughs) there are only two options for these people. I would rather them not be massacred. So I'm going to do the other thing, regardless of if it's right or not. Like, this is what we have to do. Um, Now, I think she does think it's right when she's talking to Anakus about what the two options are. I think she believes in this, like, civilizing strategy. Yeah. So that's not great. But I think she understands the political reality that they're in okay yes for for sure um it is interesting because because i agree with you that like overall with the drawbacks that we've mentioned frau kuiper is like pretty good there it's interesting to me how much like tension there is between her and anakus the one thing that i have in my notes actually specifically about Frau Kuiper and like some of the other adults in this situation is that while I do think that they are like aware or at least or or, like acutely aware of the political situation, I don't think that they like actively I don't think that they are responding appropriately Mm. to them. Maybe maybe like. okay. the, the, the reason I say this is because there's a lot of situations in which like Anaku's does things that like you know like against like unfairly obviously lead to reactions by the like super uh evil people right um and in kind of an unrelated aspect anakus actually says like i you guys brought me here without like giving me enough information on like what to do in all of this Mm -hmm. and i and i think that's a very good point for like what happens later as well which like there there's some steps taken right like frau kuiper like makes them stay on campus and like makes them get approval for who can come which like is probably the correct move but she never like discusses it really in detail with anakus as like an equal, I think. Right. She just says this is the way that it is. I, okay. Now, 
as an educator, I will say there is a boundary you have to have with your students. There is a level okay. where there is a point where you have to say, uh, I am in charge and this is what we are doing. And this is not a discussion. Uh, sure. Yeah. Granted, this is a kind of a different situation. Um, Anakus feels like a very responsible and mature student that I feel like you could have a discussion about. Um, but for most students, I'm sure Frau Kuiper is, is practiced of just being like, no, you're not doing, no, you can't fly your dragon at 2 a.m. belching fireballs. You're, that's a rule now. We're not doing that. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I guess, like, I feel like the level of danger for a lot of things was not properly communicated, I think. Yeah. And I don't I don't I don't actually know necessarily whose fault that is. <laughs> I think uh photography is just a no. If anyone tries to take your picture, that's the rule. It's just like hey Anakus, don't let anyone take your picture. No pictures, please. Right. Right. Cuz that's what's causing all the trouble. I actually I I don't know if this is a hot take. Um so the people that she gets her 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 picture taken with is when her and Theo take this like day trip to um, their like a, a, another tribe that's on the mainland and get in a big trouble for that because there are like much more political entanglements that they don't know about. And I am sympathetic to Anakus's like defense of her actions and like the the people that she goes and visits obviously i do think it's a little irresponsible of of those communities to invite them without like telling them about or like warning them about the like the political situation the political situation yeah okay is this is this a hot i i don't know if i'm being fair in this situation so i'm gonna say something here that might also not be fair i think there's a couple of options the first is that they know and they are trying to make a political statement. Mm -hmm. Like this group knows they're making a political statement by showing that like the dragons are on their team and whether or not they tell Anakus and Theod that that's what they're doing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're concerned they wouldn't show up if they knew that it was going to be a political statement. Um, right. Now that doesn't, paint them in the best light i think it's a possibility uh sure. yeah alternatively they don't realize how they are perceived yeah that's that's very possible they're just sure. like people inviting these cool dragons to come have a party with them right and it's like an awesome thing and they want to do it so they do it yeah i don't know it's it's, uh, it's tough all around it is tough. Just let them party, please. <laughs> Can you let them party like one time? <laughs> Their parties sound great. Everybody brings a bunch of food. It sounds delicious and fun. Um, I I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about our hustles earlier. Mm -hmm. Anakus is saving the feathers that are coming off her dragon. Okay. This is a hustle for sure, right? 
I mean, these it certainly could be. I don't think she's doing it with that in mind. Okay. All right. Shouldn't she be? Because, hey, my name's Liberty, and I currently owe a thousand marka until I can be free. Oh, how much How much do you think you could sell those dragon feathers for? <laughs> I appreciate the gesture of the like sewing machine, but if you're just going to hold on to those dragon feathers, I would love to get my hands on some of those. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much dragon these are worth, though. I mean, the thing is, like, they're. I assume that they're worth much more, have much more cultural value, than monetary value. So. Yeah, but that always translates, Luke. Come on, the power of the dollar. <laughs> There's some wake, monetary wake up, value. <laughs> there is some monetary value with that. And then the hustle becomes: you're just bringing any old feather, and claiming it's a dragon feather. You're just duping these stupid anguish people. Dan, this is this is rude. This is not. Oh, I'm being rude. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being rude to these English people. Excuse me. <sighs> yeah, yeah, because the uh, Liberty could make some great hats with the, <sighs> with a dragon feather. Genuine dragon feather hats? Are you kidding me? That's right. <laughs> the, the tough thing is, it's like Liberty, where are you? <laughs> Where are you getting all this money from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good question. Mm. It's, it's a, a, a bridge to cross when we get there. Yeah, certainly. Um, okay. So let me pause here. Well, do you have anything else before we get to the the like climactic event? No, let's get there. Okay. I I was kind of reading up to this point. And thinking, like, so far there hasn't been... Well, actually, here's what I was thinking. This is a great book in terms of, like, dis- like communicating the values and culture of, like, some of these, like, indigenous communities, right? Mm-hmm. And And I feel, like, very useful in that context. And it didn't quite feel like to me as much of a like store like a fantasy story in its own right until we get to the very end here mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then i got like i was i like after that it got super into it can you when I you mean, say not that i here. wasn't already what do you mean give me more what do you mean basically when you say the end? so at the the end to me is essentially when everything starts going really poorly in terms of like after this party that they have a bunch of people at there is like a, a riot uh, and a bunch of people are, are murdered and they go to the yarl and there's a big like classic english calling it a riot come on luke <laughs> i expect better of you there was Correct. a massacre yes. there's a massacre um and and then there's the super tense meeting and then there's the assassination attempt and and so on yeah yeah um and and at that point, it it adjusted to to be like a good informative book to being both an informative book and like a super interesting story as well. I I think I agree with you largely. I think prior to that, it was a lot of it felt like a lot of drama that was intercultural drama and like familial drama, and that was the point where it became 
like i guess fantasy drama is what i would call it where there's like mm-hmm. fighting and court battles <laughs> and legal proceedings and <laughs> final exams <laughs> classic fantasy stuff <laughs> uh i do want to say that this this final bit had a very harry potter style arc to it which was interesting to see in this context of like <laughs> dobby gets a sock and is gonna be freed soon um there is like a big like difficult thing that happens at the end of the school year that's not really related to school it's like completely outside <laughs> the realm of school but they also pass all their classes and everything's fine and they leave like riding off in the sunset with their friends <laughs> you know what i mean it felt i was feeling harry potter and end of book vibes at the end of this y- yes I, I i think that's fair um because i because i do think that actually before this there weren't a ton of harry potter comparisons beyond it just at being a school mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but yeah the 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 kind of structure of the ending is is a little bit familiar just in a completely different context yeah yeah they they totally fuck up the potions professor we love that oh get it <laughs> the line where he's like i guess i guess professor ezel i'm just a better teacher than you oh chef's kiss beautiful <laughs> no notes on a goose you're totally right yeah yeah he's yeah <laughs> um so so yeah i don't know it was a it was a it was a big finish i actually was very satisfied by the the meeting the the political meeting is the jarl cool because like the jarl seems kind of cool i don't know (laughs) i was not expecting the jarl to be the cool one i was not expecting this like sort of like non-democratically elected like there's some elections it sounds like but the jarl feels like a strong man kind of and he was very cool right (laughs) yeah i mean there there, they do talk about how there's two factions uh the jarl and and frau kuiper being in the more like progressive one and the other one is the like the like conquering murdering everybody group the horrible one yeah right um and yeah the the jarl seems pretty good i actually was more sympathetic to the to the jarl in this case than to to frau kuiper i think oh agreed 100 percent. yeah uh you know who i wasn't sympathetic to who's that freaking alec the minister the minister who gets fired at the very beginning of the case because the jarl is like hey who is supposed to keep track of if there were dragons <laughs> On the island? Oh, I think that was, uh, sorry, Alec, who used to be a minister. (laughs) Bye, Alec. (laughs) Bye-bye. Right, right. He got him, by the way. (laughs) Dude didn't even know there was a dragon on the island until he saw it in the newspaper. Come on. Come on, buddy. What are you doing? You're doing a bad job. (laughs) It's also funny. I I forget if it's the same guy, but a little bit later, the Yaro's like, so who's the representative for like Masquerade or, or, or whatever it is, um, has he ever been there? No. <laughs> Got him. He did roasted. get it. Absolutely roasted. Why are we paying that guy? Stop paying that guy. Seriously, come on, come on. I mean, also leave him alone. But of course, yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, the 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 Yarl seemed seemed good. Um, I I feel like if we're I feel like the Anakus like successfully helping with the assassination attempt should yield some benefits that I haven't seen yet. Sorry, but... when you say successfully helping with the assassination attempt, you mean successfully foiling the assassin, like helping to foil the assassination oh, okay. attempt. okay, yes, yes, because yes, yes. She is, depends... she is stopping the assassination If attempt. you didn't read this book, you could probably envision that going the other way. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's, a, there's an assassin right that comes and... Uh, tries to kill the Jarl and Anakus. Yes. And um, uh, her dragon ends up ends up killing him. And she says at some point that she was a hero, but then like just goes back to school and has to take an exam. And it's like, where's my freaking, uh, where's my reward for this? Where's Dumbledore saying 50 points to Gryffindor? Who cares about I, your final exam? I know, exam this is what I was score. thinking. Come on, the final exams are canceled because I saved the Jarl. Right. What is this? Right. No, I was I was 100% with you. The fact that she then had to go back and take her final exam and still get bullied about it was so frustrating. <laughs> I know. They're like, all right, you freaking missed class, you selfish person. Uh, I can't believe you haven't been studying, even <laughs> though apparently you really have. So here's, a, here's an even harder exam than the other students did because it's only fair. Since you, since you had so many unexcused absences. Right. Good luck, you loser. Oh, wait, you did it really good. Dang it. It's, <laughs> I it's also just... have to say, how, how easy is this class with a competent teacher? Oh, so easy. It's got to be, right? I think Ezel... So uh, she describes the questions that she has to take, which is like harder questions than... than the first year questions should be as being like, you have to understand what skill to craft is. And then it's like, and she did. It's like, I mean, great. That's I'm very glad that she does. That's awesome. Um, what have you been teaching, man? What do you mean? He, professor Ezel has been teaching. Okay. Look at this periodic table. You must memorize it by the end of the semester and go. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's there are so many red flags with Professor Ezel. Dude needs to be fired yesterday. This is the problem with tenure because no value added. No value added. I would say value subtracted because even when his students do exceedingly well, he refuses to acknowledge it. He's like begrudging about giving any credit to a student who succeeds. And like, right. dude, these are your students. You should care about their success, please. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little. At least have some professional, like, pride, maybe? Yeah. Ugh. It's freaking racist. It's just horrible. Worst. Um, but, but, Anakus does great. Theo even manages. It's pretty great. <laughs> D's get degrees, um, I guess. Good job, Theo. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, Theo. That's all we need. All right. I think, I think that's going to wrap it up for for our coverage of this book um i i do think i both of us were interested enough to to maybe continue in the future i don't think the next book is out yet um 
but but we'll keep an eye on that and i think maybe hold off on reviews since since we're probably going to be continuing at some point um all right then what are we what are we doing next week luke it is once again the scariest time of the year (laughs) insert lightning sound effect whoever's editing this week will do that right here uh totally luke do that Luke, we're going to be taking a journey into the the Eldritch Horror this month. We're going to be reading mm. some Lovecraft. All right. Uh, and so next week, we're going to be reading two, two works for us. We're doing a little double for next week. We're going to be reading The Shadow Over Innsmouth by H.P. Lovecraft. In addition, we're also going to be reading... The Litany of Earth by Ruthanna Emrys, uh, which is a revisiting of The Shadow Over Innsmouth. And I think throughout October, we're going to be doing a little bit of a little bit of Lovecraft and then a revisiting of some Lovecraft because. Right. (laughs) Try to to do some revisiting with other authors uh, because because Lovecraft himself is not an ideal person. Yeah, Lovecraft. not. I guess. Yeah, totally was. Definitely in the was, for sure. Um, Lovecraft, not great, but big impact. So let's see where it's, let's see where it's gone in the modern era. Yeah. So we'll... I'm excited. I'm excited too, Luke. We're going to get scary next week. <laughs> We're going to get scary next week. We're going to bring the hot takes. And be the dumb nerds. <laughs> <laughs>